everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> It's January 9th, 2021. Uh, civilization has almost ended in America, but not quite yet. We're going to keep going with some um, music from Benny Nawahi. This is really great part two of this interview that uh, Bob Armstrong recorded with Benny Nawahi. And, uh, and his pal, my pal Robert Crumb, was there too, which I believe he said was 1980. Now, was it 1980? That's what he said, yeah. It was 1980. Yeah, can you imagine? And he was telling me how he, he just got the number from uh, the phone book. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and Noahi at the time must have been in his 80s at that time, I think he was. Did Armstrong know how old he was at the time? Um, He didn't say it to me. I'm sure we could kind of figure it out if we thought about it. But, um, yeah, if you he, could find a, a date of birth I, on I him, think, I think he said he was... He had a stroke when he was like 70, and now it was like several years later. So he's probably like 80 or something. It was kind of unfortunate because he said, you know, he was playing right up until he had that stroke. He was performing, you know. So uh, a couple of things I I thought I'd I'd just uh, see what you remember. Like he he was saying how he had this gig for a long time. well, he, he, first of all, he, he said he played with the Georgia Jumpers at this place in Times Square called the Chinaland Restaurant in the 50s. I, I mean, in the, in, the, in the 30s. I was just going to mention that. Like, could you imagine, like, walking in, you're like, you're a tourist in Times Square and you're going to get Chinese food and, like, the Georgia Jumpers are playing? The Georgia Jumpers. I thought that was, I always assumed that was just like a, a name thought up by the by Columbia Records because they made those two records. You know, I just thought it was like a pickup band for a recording session. I don't remember that it was actually a, a real working band at a, at a restaurant. Wow. What's well, funny because like Armstrong kept asking him like, did this band play? Did that band play? And he loved to say how like he was always a solo act. No, no, they were just my boys for the session. You know, I had boys for the session, but I always played solo. You know. But then when he asked me about the Georgia Jumpers, he goes, "Now did this band ever play?" And he goes, "Well, we had we had a gig in a Chinese restaurant in Times Square." That's all he said. And he he also talked about playing at the Gronin Hollywood Theater, where he had to pretend to be Jewish and doing like a whole like really? Hawaiian vaudeville act. But he was uh, Gronin's Chinese Theater. Yeah, and he said he had like a name, like I forget what it was, but it was like the uh, his name, but like with a Jewish name in front of it. And he came out and sang like Little Grass Shack, but with like Jewish words put in there. He's very proud of it. Incredible. Incredible. And I, I don't know if you remember, like, because uh, kind of in the first interview, like you were talking a lot to his wife, Betty, while while Armstrong was interviewing Nawahi, which kind of makes it a little a little hard to hear. But then in the in the second part. Um, you guys are playing records. He he pull, he has all his records and he pulls them out. He did, you know, all of them. But he had a whole bunch of them, even including those those Gregal. He had, he had a couple of those Van Dyke records. Yeah, that kind of impressed me. 
And he, and he played you guys like the the Georgia Jumpers. Um, he played you guys. Uh, um, uh, what do you else? Have any of those George, do you have either of those Georgia Jumpers records? I do. Yeah. Um, do? I, I have a guitar rhythm. That's the one I have. I don't have Ukulele yeah. Benny, which I'd love to get. Ukulele but. Benny, I think, is the best one. I don't have that either. I have I have guitar rhythm also. Yeah. He he played um, Hawaiian Capers. He played May Day is Lay Day. He played uh, Black Boy Blues, so he must have had that on QRS. Yeah, that's the QRS boys. Right? He, he played uh, Tickling the Strings and A1 Brownie. Um, which, A1 Brownie? Yeah, that's that one. It's funny because, like, you know, this 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 interview like came out before like the uh, the country, you know, before Tony Russell's discography of country music, and he starts yeah. out by saying like, you know, Armstrong asks him like people he played with. He goes, "Well, I played with this this nice country fella named Smith, and we recorded a great version of A One Brownie, and, and you guys are." Uh, you know, you don't know what he's talking about. And he goes, and there was a nice German jazz fellow there too, which he's, which is Benny Goodman, and he's talking about this <laughs> this record, Columbia. Of course, you guys wouldn't have heard it because it's fifteen thousand seven five five. It's Bernard Smith, you know Charles B. Smith, my little A one brownie, and it's uh, it's it's that guy, it's a country guy singing and playing guitar, Benny Noahi and uh, and Benny Goodman. And it, it's really funny listening to you guys talk about that because, of course, you haven't heard it. And he's talking about yeah. uh, Under the Texas Moon with Bill Cody. Then he, he has yeah. a bunch of these records that um, he plays um, that like were just like home recordings he did. Or like he went into a booth. Like, yeah. Do you remember that? He does yeah. like he plays Nola on the ukulele. It's, it's, remember, it's I incredible. Remember that, I remember those home recording discs. God, I wonder what happened to those. Those must be lost, you know? God I'm, only knows that. I don't know what happened. I've read died of this one, two of those records or any of this stuff. I don't know. No idea. Well, I was just curious if you remembered any of that. Um, but, I don't remember too much, actually. That's all. All those things you said to me, I barely remember. I'll, uh, I'll send you a, a copy of the interview so you can hear it. Okay. He, right. he plays a little harmonica for you guys, which is great. That's like the only instrument I guess he can play after he had his stroke. And he's really proud. He wow. says, uh, I was the first Hawaiian to play blues harmonica. And he's showing <laughs> showing how he can bend notes on the harmonica, you know, like the blues guys do. He plays like a blues. I think you, I thought it was you. Maybe somebody else plays with him on the ukulele. Maybe that was Maybe, Armstrong. I it sounds like you because you're talking to him. I got to send you this interview. And he says, he says, play, play a blues. And I forget what he says, G. And he, he's telling you the chords, you know. So go, now you go to C. Now you go back to G. You know, blues. And now you go to D. And, like, you're playing the right chords. But he keeps telling it to you like you're uh, not playing it. The, the only other thing which you probably don't remember, which, which I have to, like, scold you for. And uh, may, maybe you didn't hear this because you were talking to, uh, to his wife, Betty. Yeah. But... At the end of the thing, he likes you guys so much. I mean, you can tell he really likes you guys, you know, because you guys are like into Hawaiian yeah. music, and you know, he, he, you could tell he really he enjoys kind of talking about it. He didn't know what to expect from us, and the fact that we were such, such earnest, just like you know, fans of his music, and didn't want anything else from him except just to talk to him about his music. You know, I think that he was kind of touched by that, and sort of surprised. I think. Yeah, I think he had too many pe people like that coming to ask him about his music. 
No, I'm sure there was nobody almost. And, and you could tell he was really touched and he really liked you guys. Once he could tell you were into music, you know, because he'd play, yeah. play a record and you guys would be like, oh, my God. You know, and then he'd go, oh, you like that. You like that. You could, you could tell it was just like it sounded like a chimp in session, you know, where he realized, like, wow, these guys are, are really into music. And, it, and at the end of it, he says to you, he says to Armstrong, he goes, well, you play steel, right? And he goes to you, what do you play? Well, regular guitar? ukulele and you go yeah i can play it and, and then i think the other guy is uh spencer quinn and he says you can play something right and he goes yeah he goes well we should start a band you guys could come up here on sundays i'll teach you the old hawaiian tunes and, and we'll start a band and like and like one of you guys says like well you know we're it's a 40 minute drive up here and i'm thinking in my head are you guys insane? Betty Nawahi just asked you to, to join the Nawahi Quartet, and you're, you're complaining. It's 40, it takes me 40 minutes to get to my dentist. What, what are you talking about? It's 40 minutes away. Actually, by that time, Armstrong and, and me were both living up in the northern part of the Central Valley, which is like a, a, about a seven- or eight-hour drive from to L.A. where he was living. Oh, really? Because in, yeah. in, in the interview, somebody says, like, well, it's... He even asked you twice at the end. He goes like, "Well, you should. We should. We should ha have an act. You know, we can do an act, and you can come on Sundays. We'll practice every Sunday." I remember that. I remember that actually. Yeah, and nobody kind of answers him. I, I would have been like, "Oh my god!" Well, Spencer Quinn could have done it, but Armstrong and me, we couldn't have done that. Or, you know, we'd have had to change our whole life around to do that. And we couldn't. I was living in uh, uh, Winters already then. And Armstrong was living in Dixon, which is, you know, up in the, uh, near Sacramento, which is, you know, hundreds of miles from Los Angeles area. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just had to, I had to scold you for that. You know, I'm, I'm like, here, here it is. Two guys I know who Benny Nawahi asked to start a band with, and no one's ever told me this. Like, what, what kind of world am I living in? Hey, I got a call once from Tiny Tim. <laughs> Incredible. You should have did it. He was a good singer, uh, right? Yeah, he was great. Tiny Tim was great. Yeah. I saw him in person once in, in Florida. I was down there. He just happened to be touring and happened to be playing at some little club in, in the Miami area. So Aileen and I went to hear him. He was dressed in a leisure suit that had old sheet music printed all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Both the pants and the jacket. It's great. Gaudy. And it was the, the the audience was almost entirely of old ladies, and they loved him. They just adored him. And afterward, they just surrounded him and like you know caressed him, and they they just loved him. He was like you know their their baby boy or something. Incredible. <laughs> so. I know two guys who not only played in the Cheap Seat Serenaders, but they could have played in the Nawahi Quartet and the Tiny Tim Band. I mean, you know, these are things you gotta, I gotta be aware of at least, you know. Right. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I still can't believe Nawahi, you know, he, it, it was really sweet, really, because he was so, 
you could tell he was really enjoying like hanging out with you guys and listening to the music and talking uh, about it. And uh, and then when uh, you guys played a little bit with him, mean, you just played so simple. You know, he had you play like a twelve bar blues and maybe something else really simple. And his immediate reaction is like, "Oh, I just met these, you know, three guys who are into old music and they can play three chords. Let's start a band." You know, <laughs> of course. What else do you do? You know, incredible. It's probably I'm sure it's been years and years since he ran, ran into anybody that could uh, that had that deep appreciation for that kind of music, the old fashioned Hawaiian music, and could actually was enthusiastic about playing it. You know, I'm sure it's been decades since he ran into anybody like that and because I remember him really wanted to talk about his, how he swam to Catalina Island and back he really was you know, enthusiastic about bragging about that he broke the world record or something for you know being able to swim to Catalina Island back and he was already like half blind at that time yeah well kind of that is an incredible feat what he did there you yeah, know the swim so you could see that, and I'm sure it's just like any other like old music enthusiast record collector. It's like, it's kind of like when you're talking about old music with people who don't really get it. It's like really depressing, you know. So like yeah. once he figured out that you guys actually got it, then it, the whole uh, tone switched. Where not only did he uh, just want to play records for you and talk about them, and he wanted to start a band with you for Christ's sakes. I mean, you know, <laughs> what, I mean that says it all, right? Jesus. <laughs> Armstrong kept asking him questions when he was playing those records like who are those other musicians on those Grego records and he says oh son of a gun it was so, so long ago I don't remember it was like you know 50 years ago I, I can't remember yeah and he says like like Armstrong asks him he says do you remember you know is that Harry Volpe and James Ferrero and he goes oh I, I had these Italian boys I had a group of boys you know that to, to come play with me when I wanted to. Yeah, that's right. And he, he doesn't really acknowledge that, like, he, he had a band. I mean, those guys, according to discography stuff, show up on, like, most of his records, you know? And oh, yeah. he, But he claims, he, yeah. he, he always, uh-huh. like, says, like, oh, no, no, I was a solo act. I played solo. And the other thing uh-huh. that I found really interesting is he doesn't really consider himself a slide player. He considers himself a ukulele player first. And then, yeah. you know, Armstrong keeps trying to ask him about the guitar, obviously. And he goes like, yeah, yeah you know, well, I, I play guitar. I played anything with a string on it. I mean, I could play a rubber band. I used to put a rubber band on a piece of wood and the people would go crazy, <laughs> you know. Because uh, all I needed was one string, you know. Uh, but he, he, he didn't seem like, he seemed a little confused that you guys were you know, so into his guitar playing because in his mind, he was the greatest ukulele player. And then when oh, he plays some of those homemade recordings of him doing ukulele, it's like, oh my oh, god, yeah. his version of yeah. Nola is like heartbreaking. And at the same time, yeah. it's like technically some of the stuff he's uh, doing, you're just like, come on, what what was that? Like these little flourishes yeah. that are just so beautiful, but you don't even notice uh, it because it's so fluid and heartbreaking and sincere, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was he was probably the best ukulele player in his day that got on record that I've heard. Well, uh, all right, that's it. Uh, I just wanted to see if you had any uh, memories, so that was good. Well, one thing, I don't know if Armstrong mentioned it, that we went to see him. He lived in one of those little courts like they have in L.A., those little, little, little tiny one-story apartments that are like lying a little... In, you, know, you walk in this in, through a gateway or something, and there's a little uh, a garden patch in the middle, and there's 
little residences lined up on both sides of it, you know. It's a typical thing that was, there were a lot of built in L.A. in the 20s and 30s. So you just live in one of those little places with his wife. And we went in the whole, the place was very pristine and, and everything, all the furnishings and the decorations of little vases with flowers in them and pictures on the wall, everything was from the late 40s. It was like intact, pristine, it looked like they'd been very carefully taken care of. So it all looked still new, it wasn't shabby or you know dingy or anything. It was really impressive that way. It was kind of amazing, this little uh, you know, time capsule court apartment in L.A. that, that they lived in. Yeah, he did, you know, he did mention that, actually. He had the same reaction as you did. Yeah. He oh, thought, that, uh, thought that was quite amazing. Uh, yeah. Yes, but they'd probably been living there for, you know, I don't know, 40 years or something. I don't know, 30 or 40 years. And also, Benny was a very vigorous old guy, you know. Yeah, he seemed like he had a lot of energy. Feeble. Yeah, he did. He yeah. still had a lot of energy and would look tough, you know. He was... I say he hadn't lost his drive to be the best, you know. <laughs> <laughs> as far as, you know, the recordings go, none, nobody better on record, that's uh-huh. for sure. Like Jim and Bob don't hold a candle to him, go player. Yeah, he's just kind of his own yeah. level, you know. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, line guitar also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the car just like, compulsively bragging and putting down all the other guys. Hey, that Fazio, he was a bum. He couldn't play. <laughs> They're all a bunch of bums except me. I was the best. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's so funny. I mean, those guys have probably had fierce competition to, you know, they're trying to make a living doing that, you know, getting gigs here and here. And there. I mean, I'm sure they had to talk themselves up, you know. I think it's, it's more a matter of like, Especially at the time you were talking to Nawahi, I mean, I guess that's kind of what I was trying to say is that, you know, I mean, it, it, it's like 1980, so like from you yeah. know, the height of his career was like 40, 50 years earlier. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. you know, like this guy's like, he really is like maybe the, you know, the greatest ukulele slide guitar player in the history of the world. And until you three guys come into his house, no one even acknowledges <laughs> him at all, you know. Yeah. But he right. he he didn't seem bitter, or he just seemed like he was ready just to start a band and go out and do the circuit again <laughs> with you guys, like just like, you know, like no big deal, you know. We'll just start a band and we'll go out and we'll take over. We're, we're going to be the best, you know. That was kind of like his attitude, you know. He, he goes, don't worry, don't worry. I'll teach you the songs because, like, at first you guys are like, well, you know, it's a forty-minute drive, and I, yeah. And he goes, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll teach you the songs. Forty-minute <laughs> drive for Spencer Quinn, maybe, but for me and Armstrong, like an eight-hour drive or seven-hour drive. If you go fast, there's not much traffic. Well, anyways, th- th- thank God uh, you guys went up there and recorded it because listening to him talk yeah. is just uh, 
It's really fascinating. Because nobody else did. Yeah, that's, that's, probably, that's probably it as far as, you know, record interview of Benny Noahi. I'm sure that's probably it. the only one. Of course. What if it's the F chord, you put one finger on a C chord, you can do it then F. You, you, you <laughs> You're getting it. them all mixed up, Bobby. Do that, see? No, you know. Yeah, I know what you F mean. F chord, but, uh, yeah. the two finger. Yeah, like I, I know. F. You, you do this, this finger here. You strum it, see? That way, the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And this finger, you cord the one string down here, and you do that. Now, this other hand, the right one, you use, you lead this way. If you want to set you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, you so read it with this hand. Mm-hmm. And the F chord. So huh. you do it. You can do it. <laughs> that easy. <laughs> yeah. You see, as a C. Dum, 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 you do it on C. See how you hold the C chord, you, you do it with the little finger you call. Yeah, I, I can with the other finger. See? Now up. you do it this, see? See? Okay, I'll do it. Do it. Yeah, it takes practice. It. Takes practice. <coughs> you do it. Put it here, and you do it this way. But you, you get your lead with that, and your rhythm on your left hand. You can hold them under your arm, kind of. Yeah. Well, you'd have to hold this one under. under See, so put arm. it. You get your lead that way, so you can hold your foundation there. I do things very funny. You wouldn't understand until you see it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen practice. him do it. Is, uh, <clears throat> and then he plays the other one. I can take a guitar and do a zither. Play. You ever hear zither? Yeah. I can play a zither on a guitar. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm just trying to get this one. Amazing. I was so right. far. Uh, far ahead of music, mm-hmm. way in my time. <laughs> you don't have any tapes or anything of them doing that? Or no. Any recordings at all? No. They never did anything. They don't even have any yeah. records. Other people yeah. have more yeah. records. Yeah, well, most of the records they made were way back in the oh, yeah. 20s and 30s. I was working on another, another number called the triple steel. I wish I could manage to show you. Huh. It's out of this world. It's my last thing on the steel, the last word on the steel guitar. Huh. It gets 30 second notes on the steel guitar. And uh, 30 second notes, and you get yodel, all yodel notes on a steel guitar. Without everything is on, on this hand worked with a steel. Amazing. Yeah, I get a steel go triple on no, no, that, 30 second note, little, 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 like that kind of note. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to See? borrow it. Instead of doing little, 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 this is 30 second note on one on a steel. The needle. F to G, F to G, G to, you know, 30 second notes, F to G, that fast. That's the last word I was going to... Before I get make a record before and I get paralyzed. Huh.
And you, after uh, the electric Hawaiian guitars came in, did you still play your national still after the electric? No, I gave up my national. Yeah. I gave it to somebody. I forgot like it. Electric guitars, the strings respond differently on the acoustic. Yeah, a little bit. The notes are what count. Yeah, 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 yeah. about mm. the fidelity. Yeah. 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 You get to play the you national know, really hard if you're going to be hearing, uh, in playing for an audience. I play anything, as long as I get my hands on the string. If I get my hands on the string, then I'm a master. It makes no difference what kind of instrument. See, I play mandolin. I play banjo. I play steel guitar. I play electric violin. I play anything that I get my hands on it, you know, on the string. If I know there's a string on it, then I can play it. Even if you put one string on it, say, go ahead and play it. The minute I, I touch it a while, find another note, I'll play it. Hmm. See, uh, I, I, I was born that way. Yeah, did you ever learn to read music after a while? or? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to read music, but, but I know every note. Totally by ear, you learn by ear. I know, I know every note in the yes, music. Yes, and he's written a lot of songs, and I used to write them down on paper. Huh. And because he never plays anything the same way twice, it's awfully hard to write his music. Down. Yeah. It might change just a little bit, but I drive, change. I drive the, the Colombian people nuts, you know, the director. Yeah. Because every time I do a song, they record it. Uh. Gee, that's great. Then and, uh, do another one. Then another one, a change again, and still great. The guy goes nuts. He said, how come? He says, every time you do it different. He said, but it come out good. <laughs> See? Yeah, the guy, the guy would go nuts. Like when I was doing the Hawaiian um, Capers. Is there a plug behind here? Would you like to get over here? So I play different cars. Drip, you know? Drip, I play different styles, but still it's the same melody. Yeah. Okay. I drive the guys nuts. Some of the records you made are really hard to find. There's this one that May Day is Lay Day in Hawaii. We've been trying to locate a copy of that. Really you like that? That's great. Yeah. You played a really <laughs> fast solo on that with a really hot jazz-inspired solo. You hear those Georgia Jumper things? I haven't heard those. Those are really those are hard, hard to find, find records. Oh, I heard they're great though, but impossible to find. Yeah. What was the instrumentation of the Georgia Jumpers? Well, a little bit of everything. Piano, saxophone, you talk Hawaiian about jazz. guitar, ukulele. You yeah, talk about jazz. That's that's, that's that's real real jazz. Just plain jazz. That's the only way you can say it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you do. There's some records. It seems like it seems like you and Andy Iona were taking the Hawaiian music and making jazz out of it. Uh, that early days. And it sounds like uh, you're listing some of the. Mainland jazz going on at the time there in the late twenties, like that sounds really jazz inspired. It's real modern and progressive. You play the vaudeville circuit. So it's back on the cooperative. Well, uh -huh. yeah. when I was a kid, I always tried to had in mind that I'm going to play any kind of music, Japanese, Chinese. Then mm -hmm. I learned that you know, and I when I, when I was working, I do in the nightclub. I do Japanese songs. I do Chinese songs. Chinese come in and I sing oh, to yeah. them. They like it. Did you so hear that, that in, in the islands when you were a kid? Did no, you hear yeah. Chinese music when, when you were a kid. Did you no. hear that? I learned. I listened to Chinese music the way they play it. See? Yeah. You know, different style. 
Yeah. Then I catch the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I listen to Japanese play the music. They, they, I listen to that. Then I get an idea how they play. Yeah. Then I come to this country, I listen to the Indians. The Indians, you know. Huh. They, they, they give war chant, and yeah. I go to Oklahoma and all the Indians. And oh, I yeah. listen how they, they chant. I learn all that rhythm, see. Yeah. Yeah. Then I learned the blues. That's yeah, there's one record you made called Black Boy Blues that you made for a QRS company. <laughs> I have a copy of that one. It's really good. Yeah. Play a real blues style guitar on that. Then I get an idea, see. Then I write song. Then I sometimes I put a little Chinese in it. I put a little Japanese in it and come out different, see. Uh-huh. Come out novelty. Hmm. Uh-huh. So I always had the idea of novelty, song, uh-huh. something different. Yeah. I thought it was good for the vaudeville type career to yeah. be able to do it, be very versatile and play a lot of different kinds of things. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I even, even I get a kick out of myself or doing something that is not there, you know? It's not there, but it's there. I get a kick out of that, see? Yeah. I say the, the music is there, the note is not there, but still I put it in there somehow. <laughs> That's See? a very bad needle, and it doesn't stop. <laughs> I think there's a 45 adapter under that, which is making. That's how I learned music. Yeah. Making it uh-huh. Did you know the? Uh, it looked like it was a, on the spindle. The under players the in like the Biltmore Trio, Earl Burton, oh, yeah. Biltmore See, Trio, or did you ever right. play with them? Yeah, no, that's my cousin Eddie Bush. Uh-huh. Eddie Bush. Good, good steel guitar playing. Yeah, he's I didn't know who the names for the... He's my cousin, uh-huh. Eddie Bush. He's one of the, the singers in the Billmore Trio. Do you know who the steel guitar player was? Yeah, that's him. There's, that Eddie Bush there's a record they made. Huh. Bad he's, he's a record. That's a Sri Nawahi voice. Boy, there is no for <laughs> 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 the guitar.
side tickle in the string is uh let me see if I forget what song. Malia is on the other side of that Hawaiian caper. Mm. And oh that's that's the one I was telling about the hillbilly guy. Oh yeah? Yeah. He wrote that song so I helped him out. That's why I double on the mandolin and everything. Huh. Listen. Double on the mandolin pretty soon. Huh. No, no, that ain't it. Yes, it is. No, no she that is it, but I just brought one out that is. Oh. You go have it, Benny. George is young, man. Yeah. But side. this one playing now. On That's one I helped that guy out. There's another right. Georgia Jumpers in Columbia. And He's a man with That's great. I played that myself. <laughs> yeah. Those are sensational. Violin. Those are sensational. Just can't find them anywhere. 
Oh, I like these George Jumper records. Uh, you're great. Your four guys that sound like a band, you know. Yeah, they, have, they have systems now where you have to play those records and record them on a There is no His name is Smith. Bernard Smith. Now play the moth hogger now. There's some way you can clean these up. Can you wash them? Just throw them in the... Skip and jump. <laughs> Listen. You, you think that's easy, boy. You try. <laughs>
Brady. Oh. Eat that, a cat. <laughs> we had a good machine. It would sound good. Those have got so many elements. They sound Western and Hawaiian and jazz. Everything you've ever heard. They all thrown into one. You know that. Do, 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 you know, right. Every, everybody with an electric guitar is doing it now, 50 <laughs> years later, you know, behind all the big Western singers. At the National Guitar, they have a good tone. Oh, yeah. Twice as loud as a wooden guitar. What's this, ukulele belly? No, it has a big beat rack. Outside of recording, did you ever play in any clubs or rest or on stage with this group? Not with the group, though. No. Uh, just just for the record hmm. and the voice. I pick yeah. them up, pick yeah. up voice, you know. Right. Get together, I listen to them. Oh, go ahead, you join in here. Join in. 
did you rehearse very much for these records, or was it pretty spontaneous? Yes, ukulele. That's a you. I 
Thank you, fellows. I can make you a cup of coffee and some cookies. Or you can have, I have Brenda, brandy, brandy and vodka. So, what can I fix you? Well said, thank you. I'll have breakfast before I came down. <laughs> <laughs> so did we. Kind of yeah, same deal. We can hold off for a while. <laughs> It'll be a long time before I start. Well, you don't look like you're losing any weight. <laughs> Still avoiding cookies, though. <laughs> Another thing I want to tell you, all the strings on that guitar, I make them myself. I make my strings, I don't make money, they last too damn long. I had made a, I made a string, my brother had 15, 20 years, so I can't make any money, so I don't make them. You ask Norma, I used to make my own string. Do you remember what you tuned your guitar to back in these days? You just had a lot of different tunings? This is up to a D major tuning. Oh, yeah? You see, I move it up to D. Uh -huh. High pitch. I use a thinner string and a higher pitch. So when you hit it, strike it, rings. Mm. Did you carry different guitars around with you with different no. tunings? No, no. <clears throat> just that one I had years ago. Uh -huh. An old wooden one. That was it a sounds good. It has a good tone. Was that yeah, a wooden, it had a wooden bodied wooden national? Oh, yeah. with a metal around. National. Because they made ones with metal bodies, too. That's, <coughs> that's the kind I put in the metal. He's electric steel. See, all the bells at the same time playing the steel. different style of playing. So this is you and Yuke. Someone else playing the steel guitar in this? No, he got it around his oh, neck. When he quits playing one, he plays the other one. <laughs> so let's put the Yuke around here. There's three of us. There's three misses. Listen. Sound like two steel plane, eh? You're playing close to the bridge here? No, I said, it just sound like two steel plane. Yeah, it does. But it's only one. I thought we used to fool Andy Ayana. And the steel thing that was too plain. Now that's only me, one. <laughs> Who's the low boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good.
Amen, I and my brother, Joe. The three Noahi boys. Have you got, I got the blues when it rains out there, Norman? No, we got it here. Oh, yeah? He's got it. This song got popular for a while. If I had a talking picture of you. You got that? Not that no, one. Not that version. <laughs> That's probably kind of rare record too. Good, you could have taped it on there, couldn't you? Yep. We got it going. Oh, it's running right now.
different style, you know, all struck truck in a different style and the steel.
That's a little novelty. We did Tico Tico too, you know. It's a tough number to play. We did on the U. That sounds pretty good. My Dobi has You like that? That's great, yeah. You know, yes. you guys have to get together a trio and, and have a nice trio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you play the steel and play the guitar and he plays something You else. play standard? Yeah. Well, and you play steel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes nice. And get together and wake up, a nice, wake up a nice trio singing yeah. songs. And they think I can help. Why? Some online song you want to teach you the lyrics and you can the melody, you can go on. That's great I like, for me, but I like to teach uh, the American boys. I make them better musicians than I want. We live about four miles from here. It's a long commute.
Okay, we're going to do our commercial, our show commercial here, and we're going to have it done by a very special guest is here today. Listen up, you degenerate record collectors. It's your TV pal, Space Ghost, here telling you what to do. <laughs> I love pushing people around. It's time to dig into your tightwad pockets and buy stuff from Eden and John. Don't be so damn cheap, you bastards. Gee, do you think that's maybe coming on a little too strong? Hmm. No, probably not. Go to eastriverstringband.com and buy, 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 <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay, everybody, that's Space Ghost telling you to go buy our products. Now, if you're not going to go to eastriverstringband.com, click on the link to our eBay store and buy a bunch of stuff now. Well, then what the hell are you going to do? And as for the audience, so long for a while. We love That's you. That's all the songs for a while. We love you. We love your audience. Thanks for tuning in to John's old-time radio show. Ooh, that was nice. Please join us next time, where John will chastise you, call you stupid, and say fuck off. Thank you and good night. Well, That's I'm, great. I'm great. I'm going to use that in every show. Every show is going to end That's with that from now on. That's a career she could have had.